Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Watch it, Logan. Take two. Um, because Allie has been so amazing and been our producer for the last couple of months, I have fallen behind on my duties as a producer, and uh, we just recorded half an episode, and I didn't hit the record Wasn't button. Wasn't being recorded. Yeah, that'll Let's do it. rehash it. Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Did you see... The memo about this. So what's going on in your world? I'm cold. That's yeah. what we were just talking about. It's a little chilly. I uh, have a, a heat pump in our house, and that's like our only source of heat, and uh, we're freezing. Heat pumps are brutal. It's bad. I mean, and so many, I mean, look, and it's the kind of the go-to, and, you know, you get a heat pump, and I, I've always, I'm. we made the mistake of having a heat pump, electric only, and it's like you put your hand up on the thing, and it's like blowing cool air. And yeah. you're like, what? Yeah. And it's slightly warmer than your freezing home and so we we made a decision you know we've only had two homes but basically natural gas and i i have a little hack so i take the thermostat and that where we have a dual fuel furnace which i highly recommend they're amazing but ultimately it's supposed to be heat pump and then extreme cold weather it kicks the furnace on Mm -hmm. no i turn it like if it's 40 degrees and the heat's going to come on I want the furnace. I want to hear the the fire. It's amazing. Fire, fire. I absolutely love it. Well, I woke up this morning and it was sixty degrees in our house. Um, my wife wants to move. It's yeah, not good. Cold, freezing. Mm, sounds like a little staycation. Yeah, we need one. We need to take, take a out, little bit of a trip. Yeah, go to the hotel, indoor hot tub. Ooh, now that sounds. There nice. you go. Check out the points. Right, there's yeah. got to be a hotel around here you can hop into for the weekend. Certainly. Just surprise your wife. Be like, babe, I'm surprising you. No reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, not not because our house is frozen. Not because we're free. <laughs> no, when you leave, turn that drip on, though. You don't want the pipes burst. Yeah, true. Very true. All right. Uh, housekeeping odds and ends. This podcast sponsored by Jewel Financial, J-O-U-L-E Financial. Uh, if it's, you know, it's that time of year and you're uh, sitting there thinking, you know, it's about time we connect with an advisor. The situation is a little more complex. Maybe it's a little out of your comfort zone and you want to connect with someone to get a second opinion. You can hit us up on the web. It again is Jewel, J-O-U-L-E, financial.com. We've got a great wealth development program. Many of our great listeners have been taking advantage of that. Uh, and again, you can just hit us up there and learn more about that. Hit us up on social at DIY Money Podcast. That's DIY Money Podcast. Uh, and you can hit me up on Twitter at Quintetro. Anything else? Uh, Apple Podcast, if you can go in and give us some reviews, those are always appreciated. Give us some five stars. That helps with the ratings, helps more people listen to our show. There you go. Let's go to our first question from David. What do you got? DIY! Hello, DIY Money. This is Uncle David again asking for some direction as I meet with my nephews and nieces. My younger sister just reached out asking if I could come meet with her three high school age kids and talk about spending, budgeting, investing. The kids have their own lawn mowing business, so they're earning pretty good money for high school students. My question, in an ideal world, where would you like the kids to be financially by the time they graduate from high school? Savings, Roth, principles they need to know. Your response is how I'm going to start the discussion. I'll play it for them, so anything you can provide would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for the podcast. Okay, I love this. 
I love question. this. First of all, David, Uncle David, I love it that you're doing this. I love that you're taking this role. I hope sincerely, I'm going to assume yes, but I hope sincerely that you practice what you preach. Um, again, there's nothing worse than someone who gets super you know, fired up about saving, investing, and motivating, and you know, you're in debt up to your eyeballs, mm-hmm. or you roll up in a... Uh, a new automobile that maybe you can't afford. So I'm certain that's not you, um, but again, want to make sure you're living what you're what you're about to share with them. So it's real simple. The first thing you're going to do, in my personal opinion, is you're going to take your $25 Amazon gift card and you're going to buy three copies of DIY Money, the book. There you go. That's going to still leave you 10 bucks to blow on whatever you want, but you're going to buy those books and you're going to give those to the niece and nephews as reading material, it's super light reading material. I think it's like 65 pages. It's super, super easy. And it will give them sort of a, a resource to uh, go to in addition to you, in addition to this podcast. But the reality is whenever I'm talking to young people, there's only, I have found, a couple of ways to get them really motivated to learn more. The first is an example that we use a lot when we talk to groups of people whether they're young or not, is sometimes irrelevant. And we call it the car payment millionaire. And the car payment millionaire is an exercise where we go to the audience and we ask them what the average car payment in America is today. Uh, We usually get some interesting answers. The answer is around $500. So just call it $500. Then we say to them, how long does the typical American have a car payment? Meaning if somebody is on a car payment, uh, how long in their life do they have a car payment? And we get a lot of answers for that too, but the the actual answer is their entire life, believe it or not. Most people who have car payments have them until the day they die or very close to it, until they you know can't drive anymore or whatever. So the reality is it's a very, very long time that people are paying the bank approximately $500 a month to drive an automobile. So after laying that foundation, what we like to say is, what if you could get to the point where you owned a car outright, where you bought it outright? So instead of paying the bank $500, you turned around and invested that $500. Now, let's say we're not going to even use your entire life. We're just going to use 30 years. We're going to say if somebody's young, let's say your niece and nephew, you talked about high school, they're lawn mowing, I'm going to call them 15 years old. So I know this would be a stretch for a 15-year-old. I understand that. But when you're talking to a 20- or 25-year-old, it's not. To say, look, what if instead of paying the bank the $500 a month, you invested that in an account? Now, again, at this point, we're not going into the details of Roth or individual, et cetera. We can go down those rabbit holes later. We want to just get them motivated. So then I ask them, okay, $500 in an account for 30 years. Let's do the math. Let's do the simple math. $500 a year is 6000 or $500 a month is $6000 a year. Over 10 years that's 60 grand. Over 30 years it's $180,000. So you have put in of your money $180,000. However, you've been investing that. So then I asked the audience, what do you think that $180,000 has grown to? Now here's the irony is that by the time I announced this sort of example, remember what it was called, the car payment millionaire, and after going through all those examples and all those numbers, 
they typically forget what the name of the example is called. And when I ask them what they think it's grown to, people will typically say, I don't know, 300,000, 500,000, to which I respond, a million dollars. One million dollars. So the reality is, if you just invested $500 a month, for 30 years, and you got an average rate of return of what the historical rate of return for the S&P 500 was, you would have a million dollars. One million dollars. Now imagine doing that with an additional 500. How about 1,500? The reality is, is that that millionaire, quote, status, that idea of becoming a millionaire is not out of reach. So I understand you're going to talk particulars. I'll let Logan talk more about the you know, particulars of maybe what you want to talk about and et cetera, et cetera. But if you can keep them motivated, motivated towards a bigger goal, that will do the trick to get them interested in all the nuances that typically bore people to death. What say you, Logan? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different rabbit holes that you could go down here. I mean, there's a lot of important things that young people should know. Um, David, I think by listening them listening to this podcast, I would recommend giving them some homework and having them go back and listen to the Back to the Basics series we just got done with and listening to those episodes about budgeting and figuring out those basic steps so that they understand that. Now, they might not have significant amounts of debt at this point. They may not have uh, you know, significant amounts of margin, but they can start figuring it out and putting the pieces together because I tell people, even if you're in high school, you should have a budget in place for the small amount of expenses that you have and then have an assignment for each dollar that you have from there. I think some other things that you could go down the rabbit hole of teaching is is kind of the basics of investing, what it means to own a company and own shares of that company. We talk about that on a lot of episodes. Quint obviously tells his story about getting McDonald's stock as, as a child. So telling stories about that and, and kind of introducing them to the world of investing is super important. But really the road I think I want to go down with this question that I thought of immediately is helping young people learn and this has been the most beneficial thing i think in my monetary life financially uh work-wise with family is helping young people realize what it means to one find and keep up a relationship with mentors and have a really good mentor in your life so maybe that's you david maybe as the uncle you're one of these mentors for financial uh, literacy and and financial lives for them. And they can come to you. You can hold them accountable. You can have conversations about money. You can continue to have that dialogue even when they're in college or, or past that. Having mentors and having accountability, I think, is the most important thing in a lot of different facets of life, but especially in money too. Whenever you can come to someone and, and really have conversations, we have it all the time in the office. I mean, you, myself, Daniel, Ali, we talk about our money openly to talk about things that we're thinking about in the future, to talk about decisions that we have to make and having that mentor relationship so that you have someone that can say, Oh, that's probably not a good idea. Or, okay, you're taking out this debt. What is your plan for paying it off? Or, okay, if you are going to college and you're taking out student loans for that, what do you think your return on investment can be from doing that? So having a mentor relationship and then also training and giving young people the input to say, okay, now explore and find people that could be good mentors in other areas of your life and, and really 
how to do that, how to go about networking and finding those people. Because a lot of people have mentors in their life that they're looking up to and aspiring towards that just how Quint prefaced this episode, they're not doing the right things. Like your money mentor is someone that is broke. That's not good. That's not what you want to have. So finding the people that are doing the right things in the different areas of your life and not one person has to be good at all of them. I mean, I have mentors in my life that are good on uh, the spiritual side. I have mentors that are good on the fiscal side. I have mentors that are good on the family side and in uh, my relationship with my wife. So developing mentors in your life and having accountability, I think is really a crucial, crucial thing for someone in high school to understand. And if I would have got on that train sooner and in my early years of high school and in my college career started building out that network, I think I'd be on an even better trajectory than I'm on now. Uncle Rico's got a sale to finalize in Benita in five minutes. I think the other thing to think about is it's not that important to think about, hey, you need to be at this level when you graduate high mm, school. Yeah, I mean, here's the reality, David. Most kids who graduate high school are not even thinking about money. So the fact that you're planting a seed, the fact that these uh, you know, nieces and nephews have businesses and are generating income and they have you as a resource, I mean, holy cow. The, the world is you know, their oyster. It's an unbelievable opportunity for them. I just think it's so important to plant the seeds about investing early. I know we didn't talk necessarily about that, but the compound effect is so critical. I've met a lot of great, successful small business entrepreneurs. They've been vastly successful in their business. They've been vastly successful in what they're doing, but they've never gained an understanding of the markets and therefore, they've never been able to diversify or increase their wealth through the markets. And they basically just throw up their hands and they're like, well, I just, it's, it's never been appealing to me. I don't know it. I'm not going to invest in it. And I get that. And you don't want to just you know, throw caution to the wind and do things you don't understand. But if they can understand the power of compound interest, that is critical. I have a couple of commercial properties. And on my way to the office this morning, I got a text from one of my tenants now, thankfully, I'm in a triple net lease, most of the things he has to deal with. But if we have a pipe burst or we have a water problem, I'm obviously going to be looped in. And he sent me a text and he said, hey, Quint, I'm just keeping you in the loop that it doesn't look like the water is coming out. Now, that typically means what? It means it's frozen in the pipe. So what he went ahead and did is he turned it off at the street and yada, yada, and we're hopefully not going to have a pipe burst and so on and so forth. As I'm driving to work, I'm reminded once again, I have never gotten a phone call from one of my stocks. <laughs> Ever. In fact, they close down at four. They don't mm -hmm. even bother me when it's family time. They don't bother or, you on the weekend. <laughs> on the, or in the mornings. Like I just was reminded of that, and I thought to myself for a, for a brief moment, I love this property. I'm not going to sell it. But I thought to myself, I should just sell this stupid thing. Like I mean, so this is another glimpse into why me personally, I'm not going to be a real estate guy. But thankfully, I, I understand markets, et cetera. Make sure they understand markets at an early age. That, I think, is critical. Anything else to add before we conclude? I mean, in understanding markets is understanding 
what baskets of stocks are, like what the S&P 500 is. I mean, kids, it's good for them to go and, and own individual stocks, but I hear a lot of high schoolers and college kids nowadays that are like, oh yeah, my buddy bought this stock and then sold it for $100 up the next day. Like You're, you're not trying to train them on that. You're trying to get them an understanding of what long-term success means and what it means to have that delayed gratification by putting money away and seeing how it does over time. Kind of the long term view, not just a short, narrow view of if you buy this, you just make money. Oh, and you know we can't afford the fun pack. What do you think? Money grows on trees in this family? Take it back. All right, David. Thanks so much for the question. We'll send you that $25 Amazon gift card. I fully expect you to buy three books and give those to the niece and nephews. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your questions aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.